It's the shop on the Daily Shuffle. And now, here's Chip Souza. All right, all right. This is a Suns Out, Guns Out Thursday. We are gearing up for some big-time high school football this week. I'm Chip Souza. I'm joined today by Paul Boyd and Henry Apple. We are the A team, maybe the C team. Doesn't matter as long as we're on the field, right? A little bit. You know, it's... Uh I was telling Paul before our staff meeting Tuesday, of course, I'd been out for a couple of weeks because I had surgery done, and I said, hey, what's the three musketeers without D'Artagnan, or what's the A-team without a little howling mad Murdoch? Absolutely, absolutely. So we got some big-time football action coming up this week, and we the biggest game on, on my agenda, now there are several that can make that claim, but the biggest one on my agenda the 7A West opener, Bentonville at Springdale Harbor, and we got Springdale Harbor coach Chris Wood with us. Coach, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's turned out to be a pretty nice day. It has been. You know, I live up in Bella Vista. Paul lives in Bella Vista, and I think we were we were rocking and rolling all night long up there last night. Batting down the hatches, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Coach, getting ready for the big 7A West Conference opener uh, over at your place Friday. How are preparations going for you guys, for the Wildcats? It's gone good. We finished up this morning with a 6.30 practice and uh, just kind of getting the last little pieces together. And, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a big challenge for us Friday night, but uh, it's also exciting once you get into 7A West play. Good deal. Well, Coach, you guys, your defense has played lights out the last two weeks. What do you feel like has been the biggest adjustment from game one to games two and three? Well, I mean, I think, you know, uh, defensively, I think our staff's done a really nice job putting our guys in a situation to be successful. Uh, the whole key is stopping the run. I mean, we've really been able to minimize the run the last couple of weeks, created turnovers. Uh, guys are just playing with a lot of confidence and uh, just trying to get better at what we do. And I think as the year goes on and they get a better feel for each other, playing with each other, I think we'll continue to see that growth. Coach, we know you know we knew offensively, you know, you guys were going to be you know really good because you've got pretty much everybody back. You know, from last year, and and uh, um, you know, kind of talk about them and, and my, uh, kind of the, the maturation uh, of Blaze wishing at quarterback. Oh uh, yes, sir. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we really do return everybody from last year, and you know, our offensive line it kind of really starts up up front with those guys, and we've got a really good group we like. I mean, they'll they'll fight you. They might not pass the eye test every every down for an offensive lineman, but man, they'll get after it with Jack Struvin and Peyton Henderson and Jansen Carson Sanders and Blake Gibson. I think Blaze Witch has really taken that next step. You know, last year he was out there and missed a couple games because of a, a concussion, but he's really set in, had a really good summer in 707. Has just really good feel for the, the offense and what we're doing. And then, uh, you know, we've had really nice balance between Jay Burns. I think he's rushed for over 500 yards in three games. And, you know, between Hunter Wood and Aaron McRae out at the uh, receiver spots, those guys have done really well. And uh, we should have Micah Wood back, or Micah Seawood back tomorrow. And uh, he'll give us a boost offensively as well because he's a pretty dynamic receiver. I know you guys have been wanting to get him on the field. He's been battling some hamstring issues. And, Coach, that's just one of those things that you got to be real cautious about those hamstrings, don't you, because that's something that could bother you all year long. Yes, sir. I mean, you know, a few years ago, I think it was our 2016 team, uh, we had one of our receivers that uh, he, had, he had pulled a hamstring at, in our benefit game. And uh, he tweaked it again a couple weeks later, and it just he struggled with that all year. And with Micah, you know, we didn't want to do anything to jeopardize the longevity of his senior year. And so we've really kind of taken it, taken it slow with him, make sure he's 100%. Because, you know, I mean, you're talking about a senior, and this is his last chance to play high school football. And just to rush him back on the field and, and re-aggravate it and something he has to deal with all year, 
I just don't think that does service for him. And so uh, he's he's done everything the right way. He's had a right good mindset, and I think he's looking forward to playing tomorrow night. See, I never had to worry about hamstring issues because that's only for like fast guys. Us big guys, you know, that are you know run that five three forty. You know, we don't have to worry about the hamstring thing. You know, we just got to worry about how do we get from point A to point B holding that fried chicken leg. You know, that's that. Yeah, was, that, there ain't no doubt about that. I've never had an issue of uh, stressing out my hamstring. <laughs> I don't even know if I have one. <laughs> yeah, well, I understand that. Well, Coach uh, Bentonville brings in a three and zero record into this game, and you know, yep. you know, the conference championship coach goes through Bentonville. It seems like every year. So what did they do that, that uh, has kind of had you guys, you know, uh, concerned this week, or what have you kind of been focused on? What did they do well? Well, I mean, you know, first what stands out is their defense. I mean, you know, yearly, I mean, uh, Benville's always going to put a really good defense on the football field, and this not a, this is, there's no difference. An issue with the group, I mean, they're athletic, they're fast. It starts with Joyce, the linebacker. I think he's just a tremendous talent in the inside, one of the best, better linebackers in the state of Arkansas. And, I think they just do such a good job schematically. I mean, they really don't they don't care what you do offensively. They don't care who you are offensively. They're going to do what they do, and they're going to be sound at it, and they're going to out-execute you. And uh, that's one reason every year when you're talking about who's going to win the 7A West, you've got to put Bentonville in that category because they do the little things right all the time, and it gives them a chance at each and every Friday night. Offensively, I mean, if Panku's out, I mean, back playing quarterback, I mean, he's kind of I think he's been out with a finger injury, but – He's a dynamic runner at the quarterback position, really does a good job with their RPO stuff. A uh, great runner. Uh, he's throwing the ball really well for him, and uh, so he's a challenge. Crawford, of course, three-year starter at tailback, just uh, just talent. And uh, that offensive line, Coach Dan Ayer is one of the best offensive line coaches out there, and he just does a fantastic job teaching his kids, molding them. And they just they, they, play a, they play a brand of football where they have a lot of confidence in, and they're really good in all three phases. Hey Chris, this is Henry Applewhite. Hey, what uh, out of your three non-conference games? What did you able to get out of those three games that help you prepare for a team like Bentonville? I think one of the biggest things is the PA game, and uh, you know we came up on the short end of that, and you know it kind of snowballed on us from a defensive perspective and offensively trying to match score for score with them. What came out of it was really the mindset and the attitude of our kids. Uh, there, there wasn't no uh, blaming. There was no negativity on the sideline. It's just, you know, they believed all the way to the end of that game they were going to find a way to win the game. And uh, really good senior leadership and just uh, so really, I mean, out of the three games, it was really the mindset and attitude our guys had in adversity. That's what you've got to have to win in the 7A West. And when, when you deal with a Bentonville or you get down the road and have to deal with Bentonville West or Fayetteville, I mean, it's the adversity of the game on Friday night that really decides the outcome of that game it's how kids handle those moments those highs and those lows and when everything's going wrong how do you handle that i mean what's your mindset are you going to grind are you going to you going to keep pushing through you're going to get a little bit more physical a little bit more tougher are you going to be an encourager are you just going to find a way and are you going to have a belief in four quarters of football that you're going to find a way and like i said we came up on the short end against uh, pa that night but uh, also that night i learned a great deal about this team with their character their mindset and their desire to serve and compete and fight for each other and it's a football team i'll put on the field against anybody because i know they've got the resolve to compete to the all four quarters hey coach paul boyd here uh, you mentioned your offensive line and you mentioned the guy with the last name of strubing um you know anybody who knows that last name and knows knows the offensive line how has uh, how has he progressed i mean a guy who's a, an, an all conference offensive lineman as a freshman that's something yeah, I mean, Jack's done a really good job. Uh, you know, he got into his offseason, uh, lifting weights, 
but uh, I think where Jack is really what takes his game to the next level, which you don't always see at the high school level, is uh, his ability to just study the game. I mean, he enjoys the game of football, and and Jack really enjoys offensive line play in the game of football. And so, you know, where most kids are just watching a game and and quarterback throwing around or running back running it, I mean, he he watches technique of the O-line. He he watches uh, the good ones. He mimics the good ones. Uh, I think that's real important just to be a student of the game. And then, you know, you can come in on film on Monday with him, and he's already kind of taking a peek at his next opponent. He he knows the technique of the defensive lineman and and what he's going to expect. So, for him, I just think he's matured, you know, on the mental side of the game of understanding it's more than just showing up on a Friday night and just playing the game, but knowing the technique and knowing how to do the little things right. That's where he's grown the most. We've been talking with Chris Wood, the head football coach at Harbor. They have a big game with Bentonville on Friday night. Coach, thanks for jumping on with us. Know you got some preparation to finish up on. And uh, listen, good luck to you guys Friday night. Well, I appreciate it, and I appreciate what all three of you do covering high school sports and uh, Northwest Arkansas. We really do appreciate that. Thank you, Coach. So we got to pay a few bills right now. We're going to come back. Come back and join us. You uh, listen to The Shop. We'll follow The Daily Shuffle. Hang with us. Come right back. Now back to Chip Sousa. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rolling in on a Thursday. We are through segment one. Uh, got Just got off uh, – Talking with Chris Wood, the Harbor football coach, getting ready for the 7A West Conference opener at home against Bentonville. I think Harbor's played like 11 home games in a row or something like that, it seems like. But this is definitely their third third home game in a row, so that's good scheduling on their part. Well, they had to go to PA for the week one and then two back home to back. games. Right, so they, then they get Bentonville at home, so good scheduling there. So Harbor will be hosting Bentonville in the 7A West opener, but we've got other big games going on around the region. Um, and teams that have gotten off to great starts. And one of those teams that has gotten off to a great start is the Gentry Pioneers. We are joined now by Paul Ernest, the football coach of the Pioneers. Coach, how are you doing this afternoon? Oh, I'm doing well. How about you guys? Good, good, good. Coach, you guys are getting ready to open up for a one-conference play tomorrow night against Pea Ridge. How are those preparations going? Well, I tell you, we, uh, we've had a good week of practice. Kids are uh, excited about the start we've gotten off to. Uh, energy's been good, but, uh, you know, we, uh, we put the film in uh, and, and we see the opponent that's up in front of us, and, uh, you know, we know we got our hands full. Coach, you guys are, you know, a 17-14 loss in the opener away from being 3-0. and What, Coach, what – this is your fifth year there. What do you think is different – uh, in your fifth year, as opposed to when you first got there, I know you know in implementing a new culture, new ideas, things like that takes time. Uh, you know, especially you know the Arkansas fans that are you know wanting this, you know, going on what's going on now with the Razorbacks and, and the culture change that Coach Morse always talking about. In layman's terms, Coach, kind of what does that mean, and how has that culture change? How did you implement that, and how has that gone for you? Well, the culture inside the program is is changed. You know, to where our kids are. Uh, you know, accountable for, for, you know, their actions throughout the week in the classroom at practice. Uh, you know, our culture in our community is still kind of lagging behind a little bit of where we'd like it. We don't get the, uh, the numbers out that I think a 4A school might, uh, might should have, but, uh, but our kids show up every day. They get excited about, uh, playing football and, uh, uh, you know, we had a good summer. Uh, the programs are, are laid out, you know, pretty much all year long and, uh, the kids get on board, and, and we have some talent right now that uh, we just haven't had in the past four years. You know, overall, uh, we got a, a great mix of uh, good young kids on the offensive line and uh, a couple seniors up there, and then we've got some playmakers and uh, 
Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, we've, we've got kids that kind of add a lot over there as well with uh, young and upperclassmen. So uh, the culture's been been good, I think, uh, for the last couple years. Started a couple years ago with uh, uh, making a little uh, playoff appearance, and then uh, we made it uh, last year as well. And I think kids just excited, want to do more. Paul, this is Henry Apple. And, hey, uh, we talked before the season started when I came over there, we was working on the football section, and you told me, you had the playmakers, but in order to be successful, some of those sophomores on the offensive and defensive line were going to have to grow up and grow up in kind of a hurry. Who has done that and is start conference play? Who has stepped up and started growing for you and making a big right. part on your team? Right. I'll tell you, Henry, it's been unreal. Um, we have a, a young man on our offensive line named Lucas Gwynn who has started all three games, but he's played three different positions. Uh, and he's our backup center and has graded out second highest on uh, on our offensive line, and he's been impressive. And then uh, Isaiah Freeman and Aiden Whitehead are two sophomores that are uh, also starting on the offensive line that uh, give us a, a, a much more than we anticipated. Our schemes are uh, – we were able to grow and adapt our schemes each week that we didn't expect to do, thought we'd have to be more vanilla. Um, and then uh, Garrison Jackson – uh, tight end, defensive end has been phenomenal. I think he's going to uh, to be on a lot of radars uh, for for some big schools. He's a six four, six five sophomore tight end, defensive end that just really plays the game really well. And then uh, uh, our middle linebacker is a young man named Will Pyburn, who uh, is just a football player. Probably the best compliment I can give anybody on on the field is that he's just a football player, and uh, he he brings the physicality that we've lacked in the middle. Uh, brings the tenacity, and he's also a, uh, a really intelligent kid and an intelligent football player. So those sophomores have given us a tremendous lift, and we're excited about them. And, of course, uh, one of the things you also mentioned uh, last year, Brandon Atwood, your quarterback, he was basically the pocket passer. You said you were going to change that up and uh, free him up a little bit, let him be a little bit of a runner as well as a passer. And looking at the stats over the last three weeks, he has definitely – you know, uh, established a running threat as well as a passing threat. Oh, yes, sir. We, uh, you know, last year uh, I was a little nervous that uh, if he went down that uh, uh, we wouldn't be able to even have a semblance of an offense. And uh, when I went back and evaluated at the end of the year, it was just a mistake, a uh, mistake on a, uh, a coaching part, a mistake on a, a human being part. The kid is a, a threat with his legs, and I took that away from him. It's the strongest threat, and I, I promised him this year. Uh, above everything else, that, uh, that I would allow him to use his natural skills, and uh, he's 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 just a tremendous kid. Uh, wants to go uh, serve our country in the military, um, and and uh, you know just to be able to see the joy on his face when he goes comes in on, after the games, and uh, you know he he's carried the football, and he only carries it fourteen, fifteen times a game, I think, but uh, uh, still gets a lot out of it. And then to be able to throw it like he has, it's been a plus. So. Uh, you know, he's just a great kid, and he makes our team better, and, and we're excited that he can have the type of year yet. We are talking with Paul Ernest, the football coach at Gentry. The Pioneers are off to a 2-1 and one start, open up 4-1 a conference play against Pea Ridge on Friday. Coach Paul Boyd here. Uh, you were talking about numbers maybe not being like, you know, maybe some other 4A schools. Do you have a lot of kids mm-hmm. going both ways? Is that something that you, that you have to deal with? Well, I tell you, we, we do. Um, we've tried to limit that. I try to make sure that our five offensive linemen for the week are not starters on the defensive side. And then Atwood, our quarterback, is a uh, backup secondary player on the uh, defensive side. And 
Um, that's more for, um, uh, you know, just so we can coach them. Adjustments come up front on the offensive side a lot, and we would like to have those kids over there with some of the technology that's available to use and uh, show them the last drive and show them the mistakes we made so we can get that cleaned up. And uh, then, of course, with that, with being our quarterback, we know everything kind of goes through him for us. And, um, you know, he'll play defense in big games and big moments and um, – uh, down and distance situations that dictate and in the non-conference season we didn't play him any at all on defense to try to get those those young guys ready to go and hopefully we won't have to use him but if we need him we'll, we'll use him so uh, uh yeah we got a lot of kids going both ways i think we have six so uh that, that's pretty tough coach you guys have really done a good job over there of improving your facilities too you've got you know the indoor facility that just opened up a couple of years ago we've done some nice stadium renovations uh how much is the community really kind of getting behind that program and kind of helping bring that you know bring that kind of thing up well you know the the community putting the uh you know the, the assets together to put the uh, uh building the in- indoor together was was phenomenal and before i got there coach brian little was the athletic director and head football coach at the time and kind of got that ball rolling with uh, uh, the administration and got it got it passed, and it was built when I got there. Um, and then our stadium renovations with our new AD, we got some plans underway. We got some lights, uh, new lights this year that are uh, really kind of, you know, catch you by surprise. We were uh, playing Dardanelle, and we, we had no idea as coaches, and we score a touchdown, and all the lights go out. And uh, – Kids are looking at each other. Coaches are looking at each other. We have no idea any of this. And all of a sudden, some kind of laser light show starts. And uh, it was good the first time. The second time, I think the officials kind of had a little word for me. So uh, we had to talk to them up there that maybe we didn't need to be doing that every time we got a turnover or a good play. But I think we've got it under control now. And the renovations are still, uh, you know, in, in, in the plans and uh, the community. I'll tell you, the biggest thing that the community has done behind for us is uh, when I came in, uh, one of the things that I made a priority was teaching all of our kids to sing the alma mater and we sing it with the band after every game and I know a lot of programs do that but that was new for Gentry and it's gotten some people back in the stands behind what we're doing and uh, I think they want good things for the school and the program we just got to teach them what it takes to get there. Good deal coach listen we appreciate it we've been uh, talking with Paul Ernest the football coach at Gentry coach we uh, appreciate you jumping on with us and we know you got some prep to uh, get ready for Pea Ridge this week so uh, thanks for being on good luck to you guys Friday night All right, thanks for having me. Go Pioneers. You're listening to The Shop. We're part of The Daily Shuffle. We're going to go pay some bills, and we will be right back. Don't touch that dial. It's The Shop on The Daily Shuffle. Now back to The Shop with Chip Souza. We are halfway through a Thursday afternoon. You're, you are listening to The Shop. We are sports reporters for the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, but we are holding it down for you today and bringing you all the high school football action that's coming up this week. And we are now joined by the authority of high school football in the state, Leland Barclay, the author, publisher, owner, everything to do with the Almanac of Arkansas High School Football. What's up, Leland? How are you today? We are good, holding it down. You know, it's the sun. You know, it's the sun's out, guns out Thursday. Did you know that? You gotta love it. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're bringing you on to bring us all the knowledge we don't have. So we're pretty much just going to keep quiet and let you go for the next thirty minutes. So how's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> no, Leland uh, is going to be bringing us uh, some insight every week. He's going to be a regular guest with us starting today, and uh, we're going to kind of work our way down the classification a little bit with Leland. We're going to start in the seven A. We've been talking about the seven A West. We've talked about Harbor and Bentonville. 
opening this week. But that's not the only big game going on in the 7A West. we got Fayetteville against Bentonville West. Leland, that's going to be a big one. Well, uh, you know, they're all big. Um, of course, you know, like you said, last Friday night of September, conference play begins. And uh, I was talking to Coach Lockridge earlier this week, and and I think um, the general consensus is that playoff berths and uh, conference championships can't be won this Friday night, but they can almost be lost. True. That is a very good statement. If if that makes sense, because uh, it just, it's a much harder road with the loss on Friday night, uh, probably for some more than others. We're going to talk about this West and Fayetteville game first. So Leland, both of these teams, Fayetteville and West, inexplicably scheduled Bryant uh, on their schedule and uh, both of them got a taste of what number one in the state is like and, and uh, you know of course now it doesn't matter now you know they you throw up that you, you, you wad up that that game plan or whatever and you throw it out the window everything you know everybody's zero zero now but Leland looking at those two games how Fayetteville did against Bryant and how West did against Bryant can we draw any kind of conclusions out of that about how these two teams are going to be well, I think the one of the things we can draw from it is, first of all, that Brian is very good. They're the defending state champion. You know, they knocked Little Rock, uh, North Little Rock, off last year, and they're just uh, they're very good. And I think they're in a position now, especially with their junior high programs that I hear are very good. I think they're in a uh, in a position where a lot of the seven A West teams, or a couple of the seven A West teams, have been, where they're really in a in a they just reload every year, and that there is no rebuilding. Right, right. And so I think it's just the case of Bryant being very, very good. And, um, you know, Bentonville West, um, you know, they lost all those three-year starters from last year. A little bit of a rebuild for them. Fayetteville still working out some quarterback things. You know, they lost a very good quarterback as well. And we know that with the offenses now the way they are, Man, so much of the the offense uh, success of an offense is predicated on the play of a quarterback and keeping that quarterback healthy and finding the right one. And I think that's where Fayetteville's at. And uh, you know, I think it's really just a case of West and Fayetteville kind of finding where they're at and, and kind of finding themselves. Plus, the fact that Fayetteville is under the direction, you know, of a, a new head coach. You got to think Casey Dick is going to get that straightened out, and I think he will. Yeah, not only just you know, first-year coach at Fayetteville, but a relatively inexperienced head coach. He only had one year of head coaching experience under his belt before he came to Fayetteville this year. Well, you know, that's the other thing, too. And, and changing from, uh, you know, Van Buren to Fayetteville, you know, at least uh, the familiarity, uh, also being at West before as the offense coordinator, you know, he's still familiar with the 7A West. So that uh, that will help. And I just think that Fayetteville is still and will be for a long time one of the upper-tier teams in the 7A West. So that's not the only big game in the West. We have another big game, uh, Leland, will be down in your neck of the woods, Rogers and Van Buren. Now, that, that game could be 84-83 before it's all said and done Friday night. And, you know, that's to me, that's the most intriguing uh, game of the of the conference openers in the in the seven A West and maybe in all of of seven A except maybe you know I'm a little bit interested too to see if 
Little Rock Central's three and zero start is uh, you know more more or less based on uh, you know kind of who they've played or if they're really that good. And we'll find out real quick on Friday night when they play North Little Rock. But the Rogers Van, Van Buren game is such a an intriguing game because Van Buren has played very well, except in the loss to Northside, and they just. I think Van Buren got behind early and, uh, you know, lost some composure. And Northside, uh, you know, they were coming off the loss to Van Buren, so they were still a little bit mad about that. Things snowballed, and, and Northside won 44-6. But I think Van Buren is still a very good team. Uh, you know, they have more playmakers at wide receiver than what they have had in, in the past. Quarterback Gary Phillips is very good. But when we talk about quarterbacks in this game, it's all about Hunter Lloyd at Absolutely. this point. Absolutely, man. You know, 1,110 yards and 12 touchdowns passing. He threw 57 passes, uh, I think, the second game of the season. So, uh, boy, they've got the offense rolling, and it's, uh, you know, it could be it could be an offensive shootout, like you said. Hey, Leland, this is Paul. And uh, what you said earlier about, you know, not winning a conference championship but losing, I mean, is it safe to say this is a really, really big conference game, even though it is the first week of the conference play, right, as far as playoffs are concerned? Oh, I, th- I think so, and I think, uh, you know, both coaches know that. I mean, this both of these teams think that this is a winnable game. And in the 7A West, I think at this point, we'd have to say Bentonville and Harbor right now is kind of head and shoulders above everybody else. Maybe right behind them is Fayetteville and Bentonville West. Then we've got three teams – and then, you know, Rogers Heritage still, you know, struggling some new head coach trying to find their ways. But I think this game is a uh, – the loser of this game is going to find a very, very difficult uh, uphill road from here because they've got to knock off somebody else. Uh, and, and, you know, I could see a, three, a three-way a three tie, maybe even a four-way tie there somewhere in the middle of the 7A West. You know, Leland, we, I was talking with Paul about this earlier this week. Rodgers is averaging 40 points a game. Their offense is, what, 600, 500 and something yards a game or something like that, total offense, I believe it is. And they're I think 0 it's 518. Yeah, and they're 0-3. And they're I mean, and 0-3. I mean, that is just incredible to me. Well, and one other thing, guys, uh, Sammy Zamoron, their starting running back, who had 151 basically in a half – and hasn't really played since because he's had he's had a knee problem. I mean, they're they've missed him the last couple of weeks. So yeah. Now they've had a couple of guys step in and fill in and do okay, but he's a guy who's who's got a little speed again who could be a run threat who can take some pressure off off Hunter Lloyd a little bit. And then we'll flip it over to Van Buren and Leland had has already alluded to Gary Phillips, their dual threat quarterback, who's capable, you know, certainly with his legs or with his arm, you know, causing a lot of you know, causing a lot of nightmares for coaches. Then you throw in Jaden Henry, who had a terrific, you know, opening game for them. And they've got – is it Jude Bartholomew? Leland, yes. their good receiver. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Rogers has a good receiver. Mason Ross. Mason Ross, who now leads the 7A West Conference going into, you know, in Friday night. So, I mean, I'm just telling you, this could be a really fun game. Oh, I think so. That the, the biggest thing about it, the worst part about it is – it may not get over till about ten fifteen. Bring lots of paper, Leland. Well, I don't Absolutely. know. I don't, can't remember who's covering it for us. So they're going to have about fifteen minutes to get a story written. So <laughs> that's all I care about. I care about you know 
1045 is what I care about, getting that story Deadline, in. Deadline, baby. Deadline, that's absolutely right. So, Leland, also a big game in the conference on Friday night will be Springdale at Heritage. Springdale, a team that's obviously rebuilding, lost 95% of its offensive production from last season, could go to th- you know three and one with the win here Friday night. Well, that'd be big for them. And Confidence, to start huge. Off conference play one and zero. Yeah, you know uh, they're another one of the teams, and most of the teams in the conference lost their quarterback from last year. You know, Hunter Lloyd is a three year starter; he's coming back. You know, Blaze Witchin is coming back for Springdale Harbor, and those are really the only really experienced quarterbacks in the conference. Well, Leland, we're going to put you on hold. We're going to bring you back for the second segment as well, and we'll talk about the huge game that's going to be played up in Harrison, the 5A West Morlton at Harrison. We'll talk about that and some more games when we come back. Hang with us, Leland. Hang with us, everybody else. You're listening to The Shop, part of the Daily Shuffle. We're going to take a little break right here. We will be right back with more Leland Barclay and high school football. It's The Shop on the Daily Shuffle. Now, back to Chip Souza. Bringing it in high and hard in this fourth quarter coming down with Leland Barclay still with us. Leland, of course, the editor-publisher of the Almanac of Arkansas High School Football. Leland, got some other big games on tap we want to talk about. This Friday night is conference play starts for all the teams around the state. The biggest one, right up on the border, Moralton at Harrison in the 5A West opener. You know, the, the only bad thing about this game is it's not on Crooked Creek anymore. That's true. But but, but a Harrison may go in and dip a jug in the creek and bring it back or something. Who knows? Bringing the spirit uh, of Crooked Creek back with them. They'll they'll try to do everything they can because I to me this is the biggest game of the week. It it also has the star power with Morrillton quarterback Jacoby Criswell and Harrison running back you know Gabe Husky. I mean we know what those two guys have done over the years. They're both seniors. They're both two of the top players in the state. Uh, Criswell's already going you know committed to to go to uh, North Carolina. Uh, Husky's going to play be playing in, on Saturdays next year. And this game is just. Uh, gigantic and i think too the the biggest thing about this game is not only does one of them take the big step toward you know a conference championship the top seed and all of that in the playoffs the loser of this game could very well finish as the runner-up in the conference uh, although they'd still have to you know win out and there's still some you know tough bumps along the way but the the runner-up in the 5a west will likely have to go to Pulaski Academy in the second round of the playoffs. And boy, that's going to that's a tall order and you know, now last year Harrison, you know, well both teams advanced to the semifinals last year. Uh Morlton, of course Chriswell missed most of the season with the knee injury that he suffered in the preseason. He did come back I think in week 9 or so, uh maybe week 10, maybe week 9, I can't remember, but it was late. And it was enough when he came back that that took them led them to the semifinals. So, you know, this one, you're right, Leland. I think this is the biggest game in the state, no matter what classification. Absolutely. This is a, a gigantic one. There's a big one in 4A, too, but this one is the one that that really I like, mainly because it's it's got the star power of, you know, Chris Well and Husky, and both of these teams are very good. Uh, you know, they probably one and two in the conference, you know, because, again, the 5A West, too, I think is going to be, 
probably the most interesting conference in the state to follow this year because so many of the conferences, you know, they have a couple of teams, you know, they're top-heavy, then they maybe have a couple in between that's pretty good, and then they have three or four teams at the bottom that, that really aren't very good. That's not the case at all in the 5A West. There are legitimately seven teams, I think, that are going to be fighting for the four playoff spots. I would agree. It's going to start this week. I would agree. and Yeah, and we've been mentioning uh, Harrison Morlton, but just a little way down the road, we have a 3-0 and Clarksville team Correct. playing a 3-0 and Farmington team, and they're also in this mix in this 5A West. Absolutely. Both of them are in the mix, and, and it's a position that they've not found themselves in a whole lot in this conference, but they're right in the thick of it this year. And I think that both of them are very capable of, of making a playoff spot. Like I said, I you know, that those seven every single week there is gonna be a a big game and, and gosh, maybe even what what you might call an elimination game almost. Although again we could have tiebreakers. You know, it was just two years ago that we had the five way or the four way tie for first place in that conference yep. and was a two point conversion away from having a five way tie in the conference. So that's always an interesting conference, and it's going to be really interesting this year, and it starts in a big way on Friday night. You know, Leland, we were talking about Clarksville the other day, and, you know, they opened up the season with Boonville. Boonville was without about six starters in that game that were, you know, kept out for disciplinary reasons. So Clarksville got a win in that game, and, and you're like, okay, well, Boonville played with half its team. You know, the guys that were even, you know, left from last year's team, half of those so uh, okay so Clarksville you know they beat a, a Boonville team that was shorthanded then they played Paris a 3A team Clarksville's 5A team and they trampled Paris uh, a team that was what one in nine last year um, and you're like well okay Clarksville so what so you beat up on little Paris now oh, week so three you get Ozark now we're going to find out Clarksville what you're made out of and all they did was go down there and just completely stifle Ozark's offense uh, held them to one touchdown in each half, got just enough offense to win a, a really good defensive game, and to me, that gave le- legitimacy to Clarksville right there. That's exactly right. I think it gave them more legitimacy than the win over Boonville because of Boonville's uh, you know players being out. Because I really didn't see them beating Ozark because Ozark's really good and yes, they are. They're, they're probably. Uh, the favorite for to win their conference. Yep. And then, of course, they've got a big one this week. They do. Maybe a conference championship game. Too huge, with, with huge Mina. game with Mina. Yes, huge, huge. So you know, we're starting conference playing. All these great games are in the first week. Well, and then in four A, you look at four way, and Nashville is going to Arkadelphia. Man, another great. That's going to be another great opener. So, you yep. know, there's just good games all over the place. You're like, man, I mean, and I'm just I'm just itching for it to get going. All over the state. You know, it, it got here in a, in, in a hurry. But the Arkadelphia game, you know, both of those teams are 3-0. and And I think one of the most overrated players in the state is Arkadelphia's quarterback, Cannon Turner. He's now a four-year starter. Friday night will be his 42nd career start. Wow. He's a He's accounted for 79 touchdowns in his career, so he'll probably finish with 100 touchdowns in his career. And he's won two state championships, the last two state championships. How many quarterbacks can you even name that's won three state championships in their career? Of course, you know, Kyle Frazier right up there in you guys' backyard. Right, right. You know, Lane Lane Hatcher 
won, you know, three in a row at PA. A.J. Whitmore at Nashville, and I think that's where the list stops. And Cannon Turner has a chance to do that this year. Well, in turn, I mean, so he's like having another coach on the field, basically. He probably knows the offense as well, if not better, than the coaches do. Well, and I think the thing that benefits him so much, too, is that they don't rely on him to win or lose the game. It, it, just, it does not just fall on his shoulders. They always have a good running back. They've got another good one this year. So it's not just, uh, you know, all of this responsibility heaped on him. He doesn't have to go out and throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns for them to win. Leland, I'm going to jump back over to the 5A West again real quick because we didn't uh, we, we t- briefly touched on Farmington, but what you know what a great start Farmington's gotten off to, and and uh, Mike Adams got his 200th win um, career win last week, and uh, you know they uh, Clarksville's looked. I saw him play against. Curry Grove, and I thought Clark, um, I thought Farmington looked really good in that game. They have a, a dual threat quarterback, uh, Marquavian, and and uh, I'm gone blank on his last name, Marquavian. Uh, but he he had a good game that night, directing their offense. He had another good game last week against P. Rich, threw for a couple touchdown passes, ran for an 87 uh, yard touchdown, and and uh, you know he's given Farmington a dimension they haven't had at quarterback. Well, I think this might be the best Farmington team that Coach Adams has had since he's been there. And like you said, he won his 200th game. Coach Henry won his 200th two weeks ago. Uh, Clay Toddy won his 200th right at the end of last year. So we're seeing some, uh, boy, just some great coaches that's uh, putting up some good numbers and winning uh, big games. And I'm sure that Coach Adams would love to go to 201 this week in, uh, in a big way. Absolutely. Let's talk about the 4A1 real quick, Leland, where it looks like Shiloh Christian is – I mean, I don't see anybody standing in their way in that conference. Well, not not yet. I mean, it's uh, – the 4A1 always seems to be, to me, it looks like it's a one- or two-man show, and then all of a sudden, boy, you know, Prairie Grove jumps up there or P. Ridge jumps up there, somebody else jumps up there – that's really good, and it ends up being a three- or four-team race. But right now, uh, Shiloh Christian looks like it. And, boy, what about Eli Reese's wow. week last week? Yep. Yeah. 406 and four touchdowns. I mean, he's uh, he's developed into uh, one of the top quarterbacks and, uh, you know, that, that I think uh, everybody kind of thought he would be. Just, you know, Shiloh Christian went to the semifinals last year. We're a, a case of appendicitis away, maybe from making it to the final. Who knows? You know, we can't go back and spin that back. But the Saints are really good again this year. Leland, thanks for being on with us. And, again, Leland will be a regular guest with us every week, uh, bringing us his insight from around the state. Leland, thanks for jumping on with us. It's always fun. You bet. And we thank you for listening to us. Don't forget, we got Ruskin and Zach coming up. I don't know what they'll talk about today. Not much going on in, with the state of Arkansas Razorback football, right? It's a kind of a, kind of a you know dull week going on, right? So anyway, but I'm sure they'll have some good stuff for you. Thanks for being on with us, and uh, we will catch you guys next week. Don't forget to get out to a high school football game Friday night. Get out there. Maybe you need to take your umbrella. I don't know. It could rain. Might rain. Who knows? But we'll see you.